Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. Groovy ghoulies. All right, we are recording. Uh, let's take a moment of silence to bow our heads in solemn prayer. Because we will need it. Take us to our doom. Okay, so it is, um, it's my responsibility to call to order the uh, board meeting <laughs> of uh, this baby corporation. Uh, the inaugural meeting of uh, the, the boss baby research unit, the para-academic guerrilla army that has opened within cultural studies. Uh, welcome back to Horror Vanguard. Um, we have been we have been on a brief hiatus. We have emerged back out of the crypt. My name is John. I am joined, as always, by uh, Baby Corp intern Ash. How are you doing? Um, I'm I'm so I'm I'm bright eyed and bushy tailed to begin my boss boss baby co career. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really excited, uh, and, and you know I believe I can give something back to the company. And that this this company has done so much for America and my community, and um, I I believe that this is a good place for me to grow into who not only who I want to be, but who Baby Co needs me to be. I mean, I re that this is why out of the nine hundred and sixty five thousand applicants, you got the three week unpaid internship, um, and. And we're delighted. We're delighted to be joined by um, Baby Co. Management Consultant that we brought in uh, to help us kind of like adjust our strategy. Well, uh, um... Labour Kyle is here. <laughs> Kyle, how you doing? I, I just I, I, I want I want to I want to open up and by by first um, for, first prostrating myself before the pod. Um, and for this is literally a this is this is literally a, a podcast that's about the 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 most subversive and aggressive genre of film and i feel the need yet still to apologize for the movie that i propose <laughs> because <laughs> well well I, I mean we'll get into it but i i think as a listener hello dear listeners um, I'm glad to be back in the crypt, my second home, and I'm sorry um, for the reason that we've had to gather here today. But we have to talk about this is legitimately exclusively your yeah, fault. Yeah, it really is. We have to talk about <laughs> Boss Baby, and it's entirely my fault. Uh, I proposed this. I did this. I I, well, went I, like the, <laughs> I went into the cabin. You wrote, I you wrote the book that just said Necronomicon, do not read or you will die by trees. And just opened that bad boy up and started singing out of it like it was a hymnal. <laughs> and here we are. Now I've seen – I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. Um, I don't remember. Several, which is several too many. Um, but there's. I've also seen the sequel – now twice and parts of the netflix series albeit only several episodes but again there's that several word again that um is insidious in its in in how regular um it seems to be but in this case in fact implies that not only have i unleashed an uh a an an a, a, aggressive hell mouth underneath um, 
myself, but I have spread this hell mouth to my closest friends. And so now we have to talk about Boss Baby. Yeah. The corruption <laughs> has spread. Um, I mean, uh, horror horror has a reputation. And, it, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't always do this, but I think for, for our listeners, maybe it's worth kind of taking a second before we properly dive in. Horror has a reputation for handling the most kind of traumatic, transgressive subject matter, you know, French New Extremity, uh, Martyrs, uh, Pierre Paolo Pasolini's Salo, or the 120 Days of Sodom. And now uh, we come to one which I think um, goes beyond all of them, which is Tom McGrath's 2017 horror masterpiece, The Boss Baby. For those of you who... Uh, try not to engage with a certain kind of horror. Maybe this is not the film for you. Maybe you've not had to sit through this film. And on this show, we never we never tell people that they have to see something. Horror is a wide enough and broad enough form that there's a scary stories for everybody. So if you have not seen it, if you've heard that this, talk, talked about this film in whispered tones, tones when you're talking about the most horrifying cinematic experiences, perhaps you've never seen it. So Ash... Uh, my dear friend, my co-host, would you mind just just laying it out for people who have who have not endured this event? What is 2017's The Boss Baby? So in preparation for this episode, I traveled to Providence, Rhode Island and into the depths <laughs> of the Anathaeum Library to research the dark lore of Boss Baby and in a two-week binge of occult and esoteric tomes I blacked out, only to awaken with the following words carved into my chest by what I can only describe as a series of writhing glyphs. The boss baby manages to deliver a transphobic, homophobic, racist, anti-abortion, union-busting, feel-good cartoon for people who struggle to make par at the golf course down the highway from the good Arby's. Decades of better management through bureaucracy has left the very concept of hope as nothing more than seeds blowing across the tarmac. Wave as you fall from boss baby heaven, because no man-made horror could be worse than the eternal infancy of approaching data entry as liberation. We're all special little babies waiting patiently in line for our chance to become the boss. Queue up, submit your paperwork, and pray you never laugh as we discuss the boss baby. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know that's fair. And again, I just wanna I wanna bear responsibility for everything that Ash just said. I'm sorry. Um, I, I the, uh, there's a, a a formal apology has been issued from the Institute of Boss Baby Studies, which funded Ash's research trip uh, with a, a, a generous grant of $50. Um, so, yeah, I know. That, that would officially be the third most a university has paid me. So that would be grim. <laughs> We're made top three. Yeah, the, BB, the, the, the BBRU, yeah, the BBRU the boss really baby does have deep unit, pockets. You know, we're, we're writing uh, the, the Boss Babies. That, that's not Boss Baby Heaven. That's Lemuria, where they're coming from. <laughs> let, us, let, us, let us begin. Let us try to begin. Let, let us, us try let to us, begin. <laughs> let us struggle. Let us struggle valiantly against entropy, the heat, death, and negation of utopia, the, the collapse of all being into nothing more than the bland soup of middle management and start as we always must 
in the formalism zone. Zone, 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 zone. Baby, baby noises. I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> it just, it's just a uh, uh, cheek to cheek sung by Fred Astaire. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> oh, what's the what's what's the Beatles song that that they like? Apparently, Black the Bird. rights were yeah, so yeah. affordable. I was about yeah, I was about to say half the budget went to just securing the rights to Blackbird so they they could make it the kids' song, which shows you who this you know the you know for the children. I yeah. Like. yeah all of those all of those nine year olds that are super into Lennon and McCartney yeah big Beatles heads I, I think I think this is an important an important place to start in, in the formalism zone right because this this is convention uh, this is actually an inverse of convention for children's cinema because you watch you watch a kids movie like Shrek and it's very clearly aimed at kids but you know like the discerning adult will catch the dick size joke. You know, there's a few things sprinkled on top of the cake for mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and the babysitter. Yeah, gross you know? out humor is for all ages if you write it correctly. And th- this, though, I think it flips this because this is a this is a movie for babies who are 55 years old. Yes, actually, that's completely. And all, all the cultural <laughs> references in here, the, the way the thing is architectured, there are little pips of like. If you're a literal baby, you'll you'll have some fun at something. But this is like, this is the creepiest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> like it, it genuinely, this is a movie for people who go, "Hey, that's Alec Baldwin's voice," and like that's all they need, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin, a cat, one of the cast members of Friends, and a late night host. Um, and Toby in Spider Man, of course, Spider Man. I mean, I think actually Tobey Maguire's casting, which funny, he they, he got recast by J- as James Marsden in the sequel um, because they had to sing. Um, but uh, I think it's funny. It, it makes sense that like Spider-Man, like at least like what I, our generation would recognize as Spider-Man, who is clearly this, 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 the, the marketing apparatus that produced this movie was appealing to what we saw is a widening of the parental demographic mm-hmm. being uh, to millennials who are having children and who have like I have friends who have seen Boss Baby because they showed it to their kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, but yet also in the opening sequence in which uh, all babies mm-hmm. who come from a corporation in heaven called Baby Corps um, are organized by their responsiveness to stimuli. Um, tick being tickling in this case, all accompanied to music written by Irving Berlin, (laughs) 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 which like, yeah, like, like it, it shows that I think what my, uh, my good friends, I'm so sorry, have been alluding to is that there's, there's in the way that the movie, it was conceived as this, like, like unholy union of marketing across demographics and then attempting to be to in some ways use its style to be to in to to through through its appeal to parents and grandparents trying to then capture the intention of children it in in its sort of like do, what's so special about Boss Baby? And stay with me. Uh, <laughs> immediately, 
all subscriber lost all subscriber posted <laughs> absolute cringe to our uh, one remaining patreon thank you <laughs> you know yes it's me <laughs> <laughs> just so you can get early access to the five hour boss baby yeah this is less this is less a podcast than more like a collective group therapy session <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you think of boss baby where in your body do you feel the tension yeah <laughs> is the boss baby in the room with us yes uh, <laughs> now this they're like in in trying to be the movie for nobody aka the movie for the movie for everybody aka a movie for no one it has sort of rendered a it it is powerfully descriptive uh and proscript to, to use the language of descriptive and prescriptive prescriptively it, it's very contemporary and in describing its sort of worldview this sort of like it's sort of like a pantomime a series of a, a series of gestures that sort of adhere into like some kind of a that that coheres somewhat narratively um in them are is this like incredibly honest like very honestly rendered sort of view of the instrument of of the instrumentalized world so to speak it's a film that tries to re that that so that that so honestly and it's the, the only i think the only other thing that would be quite as honest as this movie would be something like the emoji movie which of course i've also seen um yes. the, yeah um, yeah absolutely you're like <laughs> a I mean, this psychonaut is... like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like Just this is away, this baby. is like contemporary contemporary post-millennial liberalism um this is the culture that it most honestly makes and like if you can if you can watch this film and not like kind of recoil against its like infinite plasticity I, I I I I'm terrified of you. <laughs> like if you could if you can watch like there's there's some really what's really interesting to me is how this film treats imagination. Yes. Which is like so uh Tim, who's the seven year old who gets the new the new baby in the house, I'm like there's there's something very kind of classically Freudian about the setup. It's a really old horror setup, right? There's a new child, but there's something wrong with the child. And no, like in a in a way, the boss baby has significant plot overlap with Rosemary's Baby by Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you know the the cuckoo in the nest. There's something wrong here. But like, uh, like what's what's kind of really bleak about this film is that when you kind of see it holistically, all of all of Tim's like imagination, all of the kind of like vibrant fantasy life of a child. And this film is presented as like massively overdetermined, and there's no there's no coherency. Um, so it's like it flips from being like, oh, he thinks of himself as like a ninja, and now he's a pirate, and now he's in space. Like there is no there's no kind of subject that's imagining them, right? That everything is kind of like wildly overdetermined. Um, and what it makes me think about is this. It, you know, uh, Deleuze and Guattari used used the, used the phrase capitalism and schizophrenia, right? There's this idea of like, and not in, not in a kind of uh, a strictly subjective and diagnostic sense, but like 
capitalism kind of breaks the mind, the, the, the subject apart into these distinct, easily uh, consumable subsections. Mm. Um, and not only that, is that it co-opts even the realm of art. Like Marcuse in the 60s was talking about how maybe art was like the last autonomous stronghold, the place that was outside of capitalist commodification. But nope. No, 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 no. Yep. Uh, what, what saves the day? is imagination in the service of capitalism itself. And I think I think this is this is such a good point, right? Because you could it, I see the shape of a really heartfelt and compelling story in this, right? Like it, it kind of like drifting over imaginative <laughs> young boy who's kind of like about to grow out of that stage in your childhood and the new baby comes into the house and you know there's conflict and they can share adventures, but you could make very, you could make a millennial yeah. turn of the screw. Oh, total! Oh my God, that'd be even better. But there's like there's there's one there's one thing that happens at the very start of the movie that I think is like super important, and that's we get a line of dialogue that that gives us that old kind of boomer hat where 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 it says like, oh, you know, back in my day, we used to use imagination to have our fun, and that's boy that that spoils all of the imagination because now all of these scenes where this little boy is like. I'm going to be a pirate or I can be an astronaut. And, and it's, it's not the kind of liberation of the, the child's imagination. It's an enshackling. It's, it's a mocking of everyone younger than Alec Baldwin. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, I, I have to also, I regret to inform you that it gets worse in the sequel oh. when it comes to, <laughs> because Tim, Tim, Tim and his brother are the central characters along with, along with Tim's, Tim's second daughter, a boss baby, played voiced by Amy Sedaris. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> the second movie is, I, 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 you know, I never recommend any of these types of movies that I for anyone to watch ever, unless we're gonna. Yeah, you have to have, unless you're gonna have a, a group therapy session about it. But um, uh, particularly, don't watch the sequel. But it's like, at at the, at this point, Tim is. I mean, if you can guess that Tim is that they're going to i mean this jokingly cuck tim and make him a stay-at-home dad oh yeah he's definitely a stay-at-home dad in the sequel and the 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 same the same sort of like uh, recognizable but and still heavily instrumentalized and governed conflict um in the first film repeats in the second when tim's now grown younger brother is a, is a powerful ceo who drops off gifts for his um nieces but doesn't come to visit and tim struggles it, it, as as a means for sort of like centering his subjectivity in its in a rudimentary and instrumental state he um imagines himself when he's driving his kids to school as like a race car driver and that's so that like that makes me legitimately sad. <laughs> like the, to like, what's the quote? Like that um, uh, most men leave, lead lives of quiet desperation. Yeah, like this, it's this idea that like imagination was once this, this <laughs> way out, right? There's this kind of limitless possibility. Um, you know, there there is. Uh, I mean, uh, Alan Moore talks about the imagination as a kind of mag as magic, literally something that kind of alters consciousness. And then it becomes this kind of like heartbreaking kind of moment where you go, ah, oh, but at least, 
at least I can still imagine that maybe I could be a race car driver in a different life because none of that's ever going to happen now. Yeah, and it's like, and that's supposed to like rationalize love for your children. So like what like this, like all governing primacy by which subjectivity is formed is rudimentary and instrumental in the universe of this movie. That's why its worldview is Mm -hmm. so evil because it's like shockingly honest and from the very beginning it says that we like we're presented with only one option which is to everyone has to become just as sort of like our contemporary culture industry dictates as something that i've talked about on this podcast before as well (laughs) as on my own um we all must become babies again uh, because that's the way to be to to very poorly paraphrase marx to sort of incorporate into a social brain and and rather than produce ra- rather than the laborer the instrumentalized and the instrumental laborer themselves become a fixed capital in the means of production onto just a similar larger fixture of that same capital so the reason why boss baby has to be so aggressively and excessively neurotic is because it's a very powerfully descriptive movie uh it's obsessed with psychosexual development and it really is that oh, we'll, we like, will get onto that uh, like it's <laughs> it's it's obsessed with it and it's obsessed with what's most important and what's shittiest about it it's essential it's attempt to essentialize every stage of psychosexual development within the fundamental logic of capital capitalist realism it is like as John, as you were saying about overdeterminedness, it's via this. It's via a, a cultural product that is naturally market tested, and then that is seeking to try and naturalize that particular market testing. And it 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 really boils down to <laughs> Boss Baby is a move is a movie about it poses the a movie that poses the question: What is an instrumental life? And can an instrumental life be good? And can we be good as instrumentalized subjects? Um, there's no future in Boss Baby World. It's either in in the case uh, anyone will talk about it later, but like it 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 is a it is a a, a contemporary we'll call it neoliberal, especially considering the sequel pr- proposition. <laughs> Um, to which the alternative is we have two choices it is return to monkey or return to baby. And <laughs> yes. that's the, that, that is it. Yep. There, there's, there's nothing there's else. No, outside there's nothing else. There's, there, <laughs> there is nothing outside. There is no, there is nothing that is not um, quantifiable. There's nothing which is not um, incorporated into the kind of smooth, infinitely plastic, malleable stuff of the corporation right and this is we're going to get onto this because i really want ash to go off about slime uh we'll get into this when we <laughs> talk about things like slime and vomit um and and poop there's like all of that all of that is in- incredibly significant not only for this film's kind of massive neuroses about psychosexual development but also like capitalism is like ultimately this kind of plastic thing this this infinitely ma- like on even down to the level of neuroplasticity, right? It can reshape the right. mind. It can it can kind of take over and co-opt the imagination. Um, it is so unbelievable. If you if you can watch this and see it as like not being just like unbelievably bleak, um, I I 
I, as I said, I'm genuinely frightened of you. <laughs> and and like this this movie, like, I I mean, I think some people are going to think we're talking about a kids movie, but <laughs> but we're, we're we're talking about something that has the exact same energy as as when like uh, Nancy Pelosi or Biden or Mansion are, are like, oh no, we can't we can't do anything about student loan debt or you know climate change or any of these number of pressing issues, but we are going to give 400 trillion boss baby dollars to the next war that no one's really involved in. Look, this has the same energy of a, uh, as a Jimmy Kimmel bit, which I, I made a video about <laughs> the, the Tonight Show, right? And I absolutely believe that this has ex almost exactly the same function as, as the Tonight Show generally, which... Uh, that, that's the other Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but we, the, which is like the the, to, the, the Jimmy economy. Yeah, the Jimmy economy, which is like they exist to kind of function as like as like models of how to exist. This is this is an immensely disciplinary film, right? This is like this 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 changes you watching this, right? You have to be <laughs> you have to be protected with the the sigils of dialectical materialism. Otherwise, otherwise, you will become the 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 baby corp intern like like that's what will happen to you yeah it's, it's, very, it's very weird it's to me that, 17 that way yes i was gonna say it's very weird <laughs> to me that this this movie inspires in one the urge to wholesale slaughter puppies more than 101 dalmatians could have ever hoped for yeah they do they do put puppies into a rocket ship to launch them into space <laughs> Um, and then they hurl them from said rocket ship to be smashed real? on how the launch pad real? below. Yeah. Uh, all while an adult is hanging above two small children hanging off of a large uh, large metal structure and getting ready to stomp on their hands so they fall to their death. Mm -hmm. So he can launch the it's like it's like it's like so the movie uses like the movie uses the it, it, it as we've been alluding to the the movie very explicitly in the beginning bring the protagonist who is voiced by a child but also the 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 narration is this protagonist from the future voiced by Toby Maguire I'm sorry I know this 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 movie does not make itself easy to describe that's that's part of what's so elusive about it is that it's not you it's hard to describe it but like. The, it's portrayed through the imagination, overactive imagination of its protagonist, and use it uses that to just to you know just sort of purely take for granted what kind of whatever it wants to do. So by the end of the movie, not only is there's this sort of in, in, in mesh, enmeshed sense by which the world is built, it's all everything is sticky and sticks together and is all related or not related like you said there's it's a pirate it's a ninja it's whatever it's it's yet that that sort of overactive imagination is so heavily governed and instrumental to the functions of this world that by the very end of it when the when a crew a cleanup crew from baby Corps came to wipe everyone's memories when alec baldwin as the boss baby sought to go back Having accomplished his mission of defeating Puppy Corps, the employers of the protagonist's parents, I, I know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cleanup crew comes and wipes everyone's memory. And 
like basically the the, the CIA comes and yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> just like makes it to where Alec Baldwin doesn't exist, so he can poop in a in a room with a gold toilet. I, it's it's like there's there's so much that kind of kind of spirals out of this because like at a core level, <laughs> the film is about the quantification and thus the the commodification of all aspects of subjectivity right even even down to as we will get into later the nature of love right maybe maybe this mm-hmm. like this is what makes this makes this film love is currency yeah this, this is what makes this film like unreservedly evil you know like <laughs> the the kind of great excess the great kind of surplus uh, of human subjectivity which is our ability to to, to love um uh, on a on a on an individual erotic on a spiritual level on a political level gets turned into currency it's like there is a direct link here between like both backwards to to the trump presence presidency with the golden toilet and like forwards to like uh web 3.0 and and the blockchain which is about the commodification of your very self Right, the the yeah, financial of course. Oh of god, course. it's you about at, it's about at using apps to control parents to so babies can be in charge. Oh my god, so children can be oh. in charge of parents. Oh my god, of course. That is literally what boomers are afraid of. <laughs> like this is this is Kyle. You mentioned an honesty to this film. Like this film is enabled to to obfuscate its darkness in the slightest. And what I find to be really interesting is kind of like piggybacking off what John just said here, like you you can see these kind of trumpist elements appearing in this film but you can also see clintonian elements in this there oh, yeah. there's reagan energy in here right this is there there are, there are there, there's a lineage from the obama presidency this is this is revealing the character of of the american two party system and it's one party and it's the boss's party yeah in that i think actually i think that I think there is a there's a very American logic to the way that this film sees sort of the 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 ideal working subject and that's really this fundamental connection between uh what 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 was just pro- like proper property and liberty which that was eventually turned into the sort of yeoman farmer fantasy, which has kind of made a comeback in the sort of hyper reactionary circles in the United States. You know, this idea like a little, like a little, a little plot of land and a barefoot pregnant wife or whatever. And I can, you know, work for 16 hours a day, most days of the year and maybe accidentally shit myself to death. Um, The trick though, with this sort of like, is that you have to you have to offer alternatives that are both contemporary and as well as like discursively enmeshed in this like very smooth very like from the very top to the bottom very fluid sort of extension this this, this very fluid sense of cultural expression and identity and how it really just kind of comes down to like what you can hope for is your little this little slice that's a it's a fantasy it's a it's a as there's a, there's a book that i read in grad school called the master of small worlds it's a master of even smaller worlds in a like if i can just preserve 
not and it's not it's not even the, it's not even the reactionary thing that we're used to if it, if i could just preserve my sort of like my plot of land my right to defend it and my Christ, good christian nuclear family like it's it's if i can defend that but all constructed in the fundamental logic and language of capitalism so that's what make that's what makes it so contemporary and liberal and like when you said clinton i'm like oh yes absolutely because if we want to talk about the way that this the there is there is no there is nothing outside of the commodity in this movie it is it is it is a movie that has already accepted and declared that we have been made irreversibly prosthetic and completely further instrumentalized our production of human feeling not even just human feeling itself we don't produce something and then the market kind of like takes it and expresses it love becomes currency and it is in a competition for a market literally a market-based competition for that that point of production by which the movie gets its entire plot and it's not just that but its entire sort of like governing logic and so like it can it's like yeah it's this like it's this absurd idea this for a kids movie based off of you know a very very short like like children's book something that you read to a kid who can't read about what it's like to get a new sibling and using that but like it it takes that sort of like yeah think of the baby like a boss think of it like a workplace but then it libidinizes every single aspect of that very simple story and creates and pathologizes and it it creates and like it's, it's it is amazing to me and i've i've thought a lot about this movie it creates and pathologizes an entire system and way of living based off of that very simple logic in its attempt to be mar- to be marketable and to be flashy and entertaining enough to get children and to, so they just like okay just whatever works was the philosophy in that honesty that free associative kind of honesty emerges this horrifying thing that is in by by virtue of all of that like it it it, it presents with remarkable clarity but a, a, that a clarity that is based in its ability to elude, um, which is what makes it essentially one of the most difficult pieces of culture to talk about that I have ever <laughs> encountered is this thing. And I've like literally one of the people on this on on this podcast watched a. 800 plus hour movie yeah (laughs) and like it's still like i mean at least i know at least i know what that at least i know what logistics is like i I feel like i know what that is i was thinking about that while while watching boss baby you know like because because logistics is now like fused into me i can feel its threads yeah you become a cyborg you become you've become a a kind of like you become a chimera I have I have I have gained a really useless superpower. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> but like I was thinking like, oh my god, it is so much fucking easier to talk about a movie when like 
a giant goop monster walks on camera and, and, and looks directly at you and says, I'm a representation for housing insecurity and then goes on <laughs> to murder a bunch of people. Like, like I'm just like, oh, just chef's kiss. That's so crystal clear. And even like logistics, like log- logistics is so open. It's, it's so it's so relaxing. Right. You know, it's it's so inviting. It's a very it's a weirdly welcoming experience that, that, that kicks in around hour 500. You got to wait for it to hit. Really chill. <laughs> yeah, that's when re- that's when you really peak. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, when you, the real you, you logistics starts. <laughs> yeah, and before 500, you haven't really even watched logistics. <laughs> but like, like also in comparison to that, like, like I almost felt stifled when trying to think about this movie. There's something hateful here. There's something that it doesn't it doesn't want me to think about it. It wants me to shut the fuck up and start having kids. At least like to, to ha- having remember when 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 is best for you and like make sure to plan it. And here, you know what? We have a whole industry to help you plan it out. And you know what? You probably need some further advice and some classes and some stuff. And you need to make the room right. So we have stuff for that too. We have do you. Are you anxious? Here's a place to put all of your anxiety. Um, Don't worry about infant mortality rates. Take responsibility for yourself and protect your family. Like it's – it is like – it is oppressive. It is cruel. It is like this – you really – like it's like – it is a movie that says that everything has been explained for you. Why are you asking questions? Watch – Alec Baldwin uh, <laughs> suck on the pacifier and then fly through space and, to heaven, which is also a company. Yeah, and, and, and like not, not, not to evoke like a popular <laughs> Twitter line, but like the, the cruelty is the point here, right? Like yeah. the core tension of this movie is that a, a puppy farm, a, a, a place where puppies are made and then ground up into mulch the second they become too not cute. I'm only assuming that's in the sequel. But like you, you the, the whole premise is like the, this movie is literally the kids movie version of that meme where on, on the left panel, there's like there's like a woman and her husband and they have like seven kids and they're dressed like they're from Little House on the Prairie. And on the right panel is a woman with like a, a vibrator and a cat and a coffee and it's like return with a bunch of V's over it or something like like the, the, this movie, like the, the whole the whole inciting thing, the thing that drives the plot is that like people are spending too much money on on their puppies and their avocado toast and if you look at the wheel of shit that's competing for the, like the love in quotes that babies get that's stealing their market share one of them is spouses themselves oh my god this is like advocating the like wife as first daughter approach to like like ultra christian right marriage like like the, the the movie is so radically hateful like this is this is every time you you see one of those like comments in the media where it's like Oh, I, I bought my house when it was thirty thousand dollars. Oh, it's two and a half million now. Well, why don't the kids just get a job? Like the whole movie is just soaking with that sentiment. I think I think Kyle's right though, but it's it, it doesn't have the doesn't have the kind of like imagination to conceal it, right? It's 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 yes, almost absolutely. it's almost like pathologically honest about what it really thinks about you as a as a viewer as a person. Um, it's 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 deeply almost almost like too honest about what it means to to kind of just be to, to just to be a person in the world what um i think i think we should talk about that actually i think we should kind of 
talk about what what is what is the meaning of being what is the what does it mean to be <laughs> in the boss baby universe right that's one of the most important that's one of the biggest questions yeah, in yeah, boss what does baby it mean? you were not you were not Clearly. born you are literally hired by a corporation you you are like you're not thrown into existence right uh, simon critchley talks about the, the fundamental ontological condition of humanity is to be in debt to one another, right? To, to actually need one another. You know, uh, at the very beginning of our existence, we're completely dependent upon others, right? It's, it is, it, 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 which should predispose us, as he argues, to a kind of uh, an anarchist and kind of collectivist politics, right? That's, that's what it means to be. It means to, to need one another. That's the kind of basic ontological kind of position but but here you're not born you you were literally hired to, to complete to complete a mission what, what do we think about the boss baby ontology it, <laughs> a, there's a, a lot of a lot of literal uh scholars listen to this podcast <laughs> hi everybody <laughs> remember me <laughs> this is this is what you wanted you want more of this <laughs> it's a popular movie um I, I have a big glowing pie chart behind me and and, it, and the the horror movie part keeps getting smaller and the kyle talking about whatever <laughs> kyle wants to talk about part keeps getting bigger as it well, should what can, I, what can I, I say yeah what can i say turning the market my, turning my labor kyle dial up to 11 <laughs> well that's that's just now you're just being sweet uh <laughs> so like there is this there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a a sense of ideas in film that i've always been incredibly interested in that and like this sounds like again this sounds like we're purely doing a, the longest running bit in the history of the show but really i, I that what the it's a sense of like what it mean what it means the sort of the important existential ontological questions that come via an exposition of the problem of history now that's in a really annoying way to say basically like how do we it, it still takes into account our subject object relationship as oh at the very least a language by which we can understand how we see the world and how we see ourselves but really, it asks of us to how do we imagine ourselves and living our lives in a world full of objects, um, a, wo a world full of instruments and techniques and systems by which those systems, those instruments and techniques have produced, um, and how do we how do we take measure at, at the point by which we experience the world that we live in? Um, this is a very Heideggerian question, which is why the, um, which is why, of course, when I watched Boss Baby the second time, I immediately thought of the filmmaker Terrence Malick. But yeah, I think, yeah, yeah naturally, uh, <laughs> uh, executive producer of Boss Baby. That's just you don't have to Google that. That's, that's just true. Um, no, uh, Terrence Malick. I've always found him very interesting as a guy who's just kind of explicitly Heideggerian. Um, and find the sort of, you know, the, the, his work to be very interesting, very beautiful, and in some ways very deeply reactionary. Um, 
which is why sort of like you know you know it's it, they're horror in its own way right it's mm-hmm. it's rendering honest and sort of really sort of like intense questions about what it means to be in the world um and taking in many ways in, in some ways i think a little incur i think a very element in a very elementary sense sorry terry uh, i actually do like your stuff quite <laughs> a bit um but like taking for granted this sort of like heideggerian death metaphysics and in a very anxious way um, this is where my personal critique comes in. Speaking of subject object relationship, anxiety in this sort of like anxiety feels like it's already sort of taking primacy instead of these, you know, in, in the Heideggerian sense, the ready at hand experience. And that w- what I see in a movie like the tree of life, for example, which I caught in theaters, I've been, been messed up in this bullshit for a long time uh and that i watched again recently and thought about recently and written about recently um the tree of life is like the most anxious movie i've ever seen and the probably the most pro-life movie i've ever seen (laughs) it has a lot of it has a lot of death in it but like it is only in that sort of like taking for granted a, a, a naturalizing experience that exists in some relationship between life and death, which I don't think is a crazy premise, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. trying to analyze experience is the worst yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm known for doing that kind of thing. But that, like, on the one hand, you have the Malik's sort of Heideggerian existential ontology, which is that you really need to cling cling close to your cling close to your loved ones. Your ch- your children could get lost in the chaos of life and death in a in a, in a moment, and it could across time sort of it could fuck you up really really badly, and it can call into question things that give great meaning and beauty to the natural world, and then you have boss baby which (laughs) (laughs) it's never it's not gonna get old it's not gonna get old uh which attempts to do a very similar thing but by instead ascribing ontologically a natural state unto our contemporary capitalist environment it's important to distinguish between the natural world and environment i think with environment sitting closer to this subject object relationship that i think is is a is plays a big hand in the way that we see the world but regardless i think what's particularly interesting and and descriptive about (laughs) boss baby is that it has like it it doesn't just revert to this very like new kind of like techno libertarian fascism that's like with this like like apparently apparently fucking mencius moldbug is having a moment <laughs> which i can't say i didn't see that coming but like 
people are like Curtis Yarvin is in like right wing intellectual circles, which is like that's like it's just it's like it's like micro yeoman fascism on the blockchain. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, like, uh, it, contemporary. Nick there, there, there's this no. there's this kind of like split within the the ideological framework of the boss baby, right? Between a mm-hmm. super um, sophisticated corporatism, corporate fascism, right? The yeah. baby corp. The, the the centralization and reproduction of of not not just social life but existential life uh followed by at the same time smashed in against this like the 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 the, the kind of uh micro fascism of 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 the heteronormative patriarchal family structure right that what overcomes the 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 alienation of existence is is the the love of the family the love of the you know that kind of very insular very small scale thing and i think this is what this is what i mean when i when we talk about this film being like kind of like almost too honest in is that that's that's the way in which a contemporary uh neoliberalism structures its authoritarianism right is between is the vacillations between those two kind of molar fascisms to use a kind of Deleuze guitarian term um so like it's it's not a surprise that you bring up the kind of existential question like what does it mean to live in this world right it's it's this yeah. oh you have the idyllic two two kids at home and the beautiful house in the burbs but also you are dragged out of bed to go to a las vegas corporate meeting because you were a high-ranking professional and your needs have to be uh sublated by the needs of the corporation and you will sacrifice everything for that like there's this is why ash was right when it's a movie about two it's a movie it's kind of a movie about a two-party system in a way (laughs) it has on the it's it's probably i'd say it's primary drivers would be this sort of like very 1990s sort of like new democrat kind of position that yeah has made has changed a little bit in the past 25 years but really not very not very much when you consider changes in other political parties like it um or the or conversely a similar stasis in other sort of neoliberal parties um but like and then on the other hand it has this it has to it has to compete against this both inner and outer impulse that sort of intensifies as it doesn't get what it wants, which is the reinforcement or the production of new small worlds. You know, the, 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 in the case of the American, the, the repackaging of the, 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 the payout of yeoman life. And instead, you know, you get uh, uh, uh you get you get a, a a cube sponsored by amazon that get, like and you press if you press a bar a nice little nice little multivitamin comes out and you take that and that surprise that's also your food or i don't know you know i mean i'm being sarcastic but at the same time like we live in a, it, it, we live in a hyper individuated society and like so when you're pressing against like along familiar lines and reducing everything to sort of like a capitalist instrumental logic. On the one hand, you have, you know, land acknowledgements at 
corporate fundraisers, ma- mandatory mandatory corporate uh, uh, authentic living retreats. And then on the other hand, you have, um, I don't know, like robot dog cops, like patrolling the perimeter of your indentured servant 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 cubicle at the you know the amazon freedom farm you know like like these are this is your this is the choice that you have monkey or baby do you want a monkey or baby like that's the choice that you have no future no hope return the monkey or return to baby all this is natural Whichever one you choose, that's the, oh, oh, you chose the baby. Oh, that one, like it has, it's like totally natural, man. Oh, you never, oh, you mean monkey? No, that's the one that I meant. Like, it's like totally, we're just like, oh yeah, we're just like, you gotta kill and get what you want. And like, you're like, it's, it's, it's complete. It's, 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 it's both. It's it's both so important to understanding like people's contemporary lived experiences and also what's most terrifying, it's complete fucking fantasy. And has like like it's the kind of it's the kind of production of the this the boss baby is the kind of production of the culture industry that just so perfectly encapsulates there are the particularity of our moment, which is an enmeshment in a system of thought that is smooth and plastic in many ways fluid constantly changing and constantly forcing the sort of like re constantly imposing on us the necessary re-verification of ourselves as capitalist subjects in a subject-object relationship we are subjects unto capital i have to prove and demonstrate and pr- I, I prostrate myself before that idea by performing the fantasies of that idea. I imagine myself as a race car driver when I'm taking my yeah. kids to school. Um, and no, wor- no matter that my pa- my parents worked for a puppy corporation. <laughs> just called- I mean, it's inescapable. That's, that that's, that's the kind of really bleak thing about it, right? <laughs> that, that ontological naturalization, right? Because even right at the end, you know... They, they kind of set it up it like the ending is is like a classic horror movie thing right where you set it up and you think okay we've got the good ending and then right at the end there's the twist right that, like it's like you've escaped and then in the back seat of the car that you opened that's where the killer was hiding all along and it's like they set up this whole thing of like actually you know what 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 breaks down the corporate the the corporatization and naturalization of uh the commodification of everyday life is is love right the the kind of the joyful excesses of love. And then right at the end, you know, you've got the little, you got the new baby and Oh God, no, you see the suit. And it's like, you see the knife in the dark coming down. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's, (laughs) it's baked into, it's baked into the genetics. It's like, it's completely inescapable, right? What happens to his brother is like, he grows up to become what he already was, right? It's, there's something, Literally, literally that's exactly it's, what happens he becomes like yeah. a ceo like, how, and it's like, so horrifying right because that ending is like oh you can cast it all off you can you can forget about the corporate structure you can become a, like you can regain the lost innocence of childhood right and kind of grow up and become but all you become is what you already are like it's 
Yeah, you can learn lessons, but only because we gave you the lessons in the first place. Um, you touched on something that I would very much like to know Ash's thoughts on, which is like, like this is a surprisingly slimy movie. There's a lot of mm. there's a lot of fluid yeah, in true. this. There's a lot of there's a lot of like spit and 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 poop mm -hmm. yeah. and slime and vomit. Yeah, definitely. Um, as our resident slime expert, Ash. Do you have any thoughts? So I think this actually slots in almost perfectly to, to what you were talking about, Kyle, and also what you were talking about, John. And, that, and that's the way this movie seeks to naturalize anything that both it's, it's the, the worldview that is trying to communicate. You know, like when, when the fact that the boss baby becomes a boss who used to be a baby at the end of the movie, like by the movie's logic, that's that's great because his being a boss was always a good thing. He that was that was by virtue, and he earned that, and he's now also rewarded with getting to experience a loving family life. You know, he he just keeps winning. You know, he never his character does not fail through the course of this movie. His character just opens up to the the wonder and glory of the cishet nuclear family. Um, but the movie also tries to naturalize and defang everything that could be hostile to it. Right, you know, babies are phenomenally gooey creatures, right? Mm -hmm. Right, they're always leaking somewhere, something. Of course, or so I hear. Um, oh, I think I'm getting a, a an important phone oh, call, so oh. continue. But I'm going to mute. Oh, you. good, good, excellent. <laughs> but no, what I was saying is that, like, so so we get this sequence where they're they're like mixing up baby food in the used diaper bin with cereal. Mm -hmm and spraying it on the guy and like but this is this is taking like and they have they have they have the formula that can turn you back into a baby forever right You're, there's all there's all of these fluids that are assisting our, our, our characters and our protagonists but these these fluids are ways of making these things totally servile right mm -hmm. like if 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 there was a formula you could drink that that could reverse you to your prepubescent self that that would be causing riots and ruptures throughout all of culture. Yeah, you know that 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 would shatter everything we we could ever know or understand, right? But no, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, the space space baby gods drink it, and they become your manager at Target. Like that's, that's the entire <laughs> that just gets subsumed, right? And like you know, what 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 is the fact that babies are just you, you just you just like babies are like those little toys that you could get as a kid where you squeeze it and a bunch of goo pops out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, like that's the, that's it. And, and why is that the case? It, it, there's a grim underlying to this. And, and that's like babies, just like people who are reaching the end of their lives, have a lot of goo. There's something mortal about that, right? Babies also emerge from goo, right? They're, they're made by these reproductive acts that are just naturally oozing perpetually. Mm -hmm. there's, there's chaos and uncertainty in this. There's potential, there's hope, there's fear, Ooze like like this is this is like again like you know to, like, to, to get like to lose a guitarian like this is this is rhizomatic right there's no there's no reference point to go back to in goo yeah you know like like you cut the slime mold and it and it doubles up on itself you know and both both halves have the memory and the full agency of the of the full slime that they used to be you know this this is this is something completely alien to how we live we live in in and not only as a physical being that has inherent reference points that that maintain some kind of core identity, but also in societal systems that operate largely in those ways or are forced to, I should say, operate in those ways. And slime hates that. Slime slime is just literally it's something different, something older than that could, could, could have ever possibly been. 
and this movie takes all of that and says like oh no it's isn't it just isn't it just kind of gross how gooey babies are and <laughs> isn't isn't the formula you know like the formula thing too like because like we're, we're again at, at this kind of turning point in in culture here in america and in england where hormonal anxiety you know to, to give it a much broader term right the, the this huge wave in transphobia the wave this wave of state violence against trans people um that that's quickly becoming violence against women's reproductive rights and violence against queer people in general like like for us it is it is still ooze it is still chaos yeah. you know because we see it spilling over its inherent bounds and like to see the to see the stuff in boss baby just just be like lol lol cats we're gonna we're gonna drink some baby juice and then go kill some puppies <laughs> is so just starkly grim i i i i really like that read uh <laughs> because it's about making it's about making the kind of very fact of our of our like embodied fleshly existence into a punchline yes mm-hmm which is which is the kind of like uh, deeply sinister aspect to it, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like if you don't if you don't have to think about all all of the weirdness that comes when you recognize that humans are just like we're we're like a lichen with too many parts inside of it. You know, we're 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 just a goo that got overcomplicated. And we're still inherently dependent on those goo-like systems. Like, like when, when I mentioned earlier that we kind of have the, we have this arboreal reference. Like, you know, humans see ourselves as having some kind of spiritual or psychic or physical trunk. You know, the, we could, the heart, the brain, the soul, the personality, the ego. Like, so much of our our ways of viewing are built on this idea that that we're these truncated things with a core that's that that even if that can be changed, the core is the reference point for everything we yeah. do. When in actuality, even that obscures the fact that like there's a, there, there, there's a colony of bacteria living in my gut right now that dictate everything from parts of my mood to my food cravings, like to, to, to skin health, you know, like like is responsible for so much. And that's just literally a being that lives inside of me. You know, it's just this thing that's I'm, all, I'm always hanging out with another life form and it just lives inside of me and we never talk. You know, like terrifying, weird, complicated, but but no, like uh, the fucking spine, it's like Thomas Moynihan's spinal yeah. catastrophism. Yes, jumped to mind. Just like I thought of it because I thought about spinal fluid, and this like, mod- in that case, it's modeling the spine, like the biogenetic trauma of the spine, and thinking about like the event and like all uh, up against like the like like the. I don't know, like the like the, the the like ideas in biology, and like like or or like the language of biology captured by discourse, to be annoyingly vague but broad. It's been a while. Do it, but <laughs> no, like there's there it is like it it is the sort of there there's there's a strong imposition in the like. In the in subsuming an identity to any of these like to to the the, the rigid like our the own rigidity by which we've like created and maintain our subjectivity is 
enough to produce a, a, a discourse around like viscera and like fluids uh, as as to be hidden away or and brought out only to reinforce you know that the sort of that that to, to as only to reinforce the rigidity you're not supposed to see it and thus it has this like it, it, it's sort of like it's codifying the subject and i think it more than anything it gets to the like have we gotten into the details of the psychosexual obsession of this like of like you know the, at one point they exit of inflatable yep. dogs uh, anus? There's, there's a lot of butts there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff about butts in this um <laughs> that's that's even in, in the opening sequence we get this kind of like cis heteronormative anal tension where the, the babies are on a, a a henry ford factory assembly line being being put yeah. together and our, our titular boss baby is reversed when they're inserting pacifiers right like the, the the core of the movie has this fucking idea yeah and it's it's a it's a it's a type of production that's serviceable to the production of subjects which i think is what its whole like there there's a logic to its weird takes on psychosexual development that has like that i think <laughs> i i think where it could like i think where this is like truly a freudian's worst nightmare in this movie is that it treats all of this so flippantly in this kind of like because because childhood is flattened out the stages of childhood development are completely flattened out because I mean, the baby is the boss baby, and then the other baby. Also, there are other babies. They're not boss babies, but they talk. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah they're, they're like they're like they're like they're like baby corp interns. The triplets become oh, cops in the sequel. Course. By the way, oh, um, like I knew one it. of them, I knew one, it. one of them is oh, working for yeah. them so they can get into a good kindergarten. And the muscle is uh, the mayor of their town. The what? big baby becomes on? mayor. It's, yeah i mean and that that all of that is just like to put them in the sequel that's just because oh they'd be grown-ups so yeah the triplets are all cop motorcycle cops and they all work together um and then the other the big baby is the mayor right okay um because yeah sure <laughs> but no yeah it's just like it's there's that honesty that we keep talking about um, with this movie, which is just like this is how I interpreted my childhood. Like it's it's cool, right? It's just like yeah, the the st all the stages of psychosexual development are all completely flattened out. They're all reduced to the realm of production. Um, everything is produced in this weird sort of like contemporary cultural slurry where everything is referential and signs become reflection reflections of other signs and like all of a sudden like kids probably like they say cookies is for closers in the movie mm -hmm. like what what kind of a not sick what kind of a healthy society would produce a kids movie that's making references to Glenn Gary Glenn Ross besides the fact that like 
yeah like alec baldwin like remember he was in that and he was in this the boss baby character is just jack donaghy from 30 rock it's literally it's like he has the same affect the same personality and that's because that's a really like that's why that character worked on that show is because when you when you humanize the inhuman monster you can get into the like well of course this is how of course like you know you know i i I sleep with a copy of anthem underneath my pillow or whatever or the fountainhead that one would be better i I like you know of of course like i like of course i accept the logic that can be seen in like this like crazy russian ladies worldview of course i do and here's all the justification why and you learn that he has jack donaghy has problems with his mother and his he had an absent father and he has pathologized and created all of these neuroses around the sort of fundamental struggles of his childhood and uses it as a way to construct a very modern and contemporary figure of masculinity. In this case, the sort of Randian CEO, you know, ladder climber or whatever. And in the same way, like every everything every character every facet of the character has a rationality and in its inability to be smart the movie articulates them perfectly because it doesn't have the language or not only is it not going to try to because it's technically a kids movie or it's it's produced it's it's marketed (laughs) to children's movie marketed toward adults uh god it's exhausting i know isn't it this is great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like you have this like i don't know it, it's like it's it it has this it has a it has a it has i don't i don't know what i'm trying to say but like i'm trying to say something I, 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 go, go on go on well, john say well, what i was what i was gonna say is like that that flattening out of the stages echoes precisely with what what i am going to call the moment of psychedelic fascism within this film um <laughs> Which is where they do like a Joe Rogan-esque ayahuasca trip um, and kind of see beyond mm-hmm. themselves, right? They they kind of like oh, expand consciousness and what you get is you get the vision of Baby Corp. So they 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 have these, these magic hallucinogenic pacifiers um, which kind of give them a, send them on a vision quest as it were into, into Baby Corp or a place where they can neither, they can't be seen or, or felt and um, and it's 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 so it's so obviously this like idea of like startup capital talking about doing ayahuasca in order to make themselves a better boss it's like everything becomes like you're not trying to get out of the subject you know you're not trying to get you know you're not trying to get out of your head right you're trying to get like further in and through it it's but in a profoundly kind of cold way um and all of this was reinforced when uh, the boss baby has a speech about how their solution to the problem is to write a memo because <laughs> because mm-hmm. because because a memo can change the world and it's like it's like this is a vision of the future right it's a vision of the future is like children being annihilated but just written about in a way that's like bland corporatese you know, a, a memo can ch- like that's that's what you have to aspire to. That's the that's the hope of resolution is in a corporate memo. Um, 
and and there's another moment that kind of drives this in which is like they they have a kind of like escape chase sequence where tim's riding a bike um and the boss baby he jumps, he jumps over a, like, train. a little steve mcqueen <laughs> moment jumps the train but like the boss baby which, which is not the bo- imaginary no either. it's real it's, yeah yeah he does, oh. he does but the boss baby is just giving him like corporate management speak <laughs> and he's like <laughs> yeah like a flip calendar it's like, it's like kyle you've talked about this before right this i this kind of neoliberal idea of like finding within yourself the kind of the, the stuff that makes you successful like you you don't need to worry about social condition you have to kind of think inwardly and it's like this this exacerbates that which is like no you can be a hero you just need proper management and it's like it's the most it's ah. the most horrifying yeah. thing <laughs> yeah you just like you just i mean like how 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 do we what what you choose your affect is your if if you pick you you get one this is the capitalist future we have we have to look forward to. You get one affect, and if you're joyful, then you have to go sing a cappella in Pitch Perfect. And if you're uh, um, stern or surly, then you have to jump a bike, jump your jump your bike over a train while getting advice from a a, a, a CEO one year old. And it's like, yeah, you have to like, there, there's all, there's always a very aggressive imposition uh, on like, there's always, there's always a little boss yeah. baby on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all know this. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Goes that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a little boss baby on their shoulder um, trying to, that, that is, that's dishing out advice um, by which then, you can merge with your own personal fantasies when you're when the boss baby understands that you have an active imagination or as a fellow baby understands that just imagination is this flattened out universal child thing for children uh but that can if that can be captured and commodified then i mean you know that that's that's just that that's it yeah 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 jump your bike over a train yeah sure <laughs> like you can you can you can you can do you can do everything which spoiler in this case yeah. means nothing nothing yeah this is this is their, oh my god there's this this fucking i can't contain part of my problem with talking about boss baby is i can't get this movie inside of my mind like 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 all 857 hours of logistics fits in my head like i idly jotted notes in a, in a little binder but like boss baby like it keeps trying to tear its way out of my skull <laughs> um but but so like one of the things like like with, with that jumping over the train sequence right like because that would have worked really well as a cool visual language thing for a child's imagination we see this 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 roaring train tearing through the suburb, and he's got to jump it on his dirt bike, and it, and then it, it's a creek, you know. Yeah, it turns out it's a big jump. Yeah. It's just a it's a big jump, and it like like yeah. Sorry, no, no, I I completely. I, I, I think this this ties into the psychedelia thing too, because like 
one of the whole points about like you know like doing psilocybin or like these other like fungal derived hallucinogens or other things like is like one of the effects is that it shuts down the default mode network in your brain or at least represses activity there and that's kind of like that's that that's the conductor of the orchestra of your mind that, that that's what orders it and when you shut that down the ego death kicks in a little bit you know you you leave the self you leave what you've come to expect and you can see things from new angles and new perspectives and you get some new insight into things boss boss baby you know what, what happens what happens when you leave oh you just it's still like you 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 leave the ego into it's still your still your ego and and by by digitizing it because i think that's important too is like it's, it's depicted very digitally they're like digital phantoms in the boss baby world it's not psychedelic it's like very like techno psychedelic it, it's it's like so this movie is so close to like to like saying like oh well you know, each baby has its soul minted as an NFT on the blockchain before entering a family. <laughs> like the movie is so close yes, to just absolutely. fully inscribing absolutely. all experience. Yeah, like uh, there, are, the, there are boss baby NFTs. Like, and how, how could there not uh, be? How? How could? It, yeah, yeah. It like, well, there's, there's, there's a really. I think there's. I think. I think you brought up a really important thing, both of you, in the sort of the 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 capturing of ex experience, the reduction of imagination to its sort of instrumental uses under a very particular structural formation, and thus the capturing of transcendence in any like because if 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 it's a, I I will contend that it's a movie that I think. It is so sort of viscerally honest. It, it takes it to like it, it, it takes it to it, it boils down. It, it as I said earlier, it's boiling down to this idea of an instrumental life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think is it, it's it's captured in the realm of experience, and thus essentializing experience along a very sort of particular configuration of the world which is just very scary you know yes um, and i think this 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 yeah, this absolutely. brings up the the kind of bigger question yeah. the whole crux of this film right is about the 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 sort of metaphysics and ontological status of love um uh and the the quantification and commodification of love turning into a kind of abstract almost a financialized thing there's only there's it love has market cap right it has like it, it has <laughs> yes. like a threshold um and and it, this is what i mean this is what i mean i put it in our notes where i'm like this this is an anti-utopian film like mm -hmm. profoundly anti-utopian uh profoundly kind of opposed to the idea of like um anything outside of what can be kind of naturalized instrumentalized and, and quantified um so i really want to i'm really curious to know what the two of you think about how this how that how this film treats the concept of love so so there's a lot there's a lot that i think is really exciting and, and really fruitful in this in this conversation and i think like the whole idea of the market cap on love is so telling to how this this movie conceives of all of existence right like uh, love love is a like discreetly measurable entirely fungible tradable resource in the world of this movie 
which is why they have to commit to the wholesale slaughter of puppies in a gigantic <laughs> grinder, which I'm really happy that they gave us three hours of that unbroken. That really was the chariot <laughs> for me. But like, I think this speaks to something that's kind of like undergirding the the inherent like, like the epistemological. Oh my god, we haven't we haven't recorded an episode since the live show. This is this is our first one back as as boss baby. Uh, with with the I almost said with the bossiest baby of all, but that would have not read right. <laughs> Labor Kyle, which you can support at uh, Patreon and subscribe to YouTube, and links will be in the show notes. And we're doing the plug an hour and twenty yeah, minutes into the there show we go. because uh, we're cool like that. Oh, well, fi- well, you know, well, we'll sprinkle like, them out. That's fine. Yeah, just go to go to. Boshbaby.com backslash all gamers are bossbaby.gov slash all gamers. Yeah, yeah join, join the Boss Baby Research Unit. We'll be opening up slots for a PhD student soon. But, but the, the, the thing that's kind of like, like the, the, the core of this movie is without love. Like, like that, that, that potential for like, there, there's something in love that involves a terrifying letting go of the ego. You know, you like, like to trust someone that deeply, to connect with someone that deeply, to, to recognize the otherness of someone so deeply, you, you have to commit to letting part of yourself go. And, and this movie is, is the literal opposite of that. You're, you're born eternal as, as the worker you deserve to be. And you will be that forever up until a point that uh, enough love resources enter, enter the economy so that you can shift your position temporarily. Yeah. It's like the, the sense, the sense of the, I mean, like there's the, the, there's, there's a very, I I think, uh, what what was it? What was it? Hothschild. Mm that book, the managed heart, um, that's about that, uh, I believe coined the term emotional labor, um, and does a very sort of, is a very clean, like clear, um, demonstration of the, a way that the mode of production can in the subtitle of the book, commercialize human feeling purely through like like the like observations and like if you've been anywhere within spitting distance of the service economy you understand how human feeling and like that that can absolutely extend to the realm of love and capture and reduce it to its sort of particular instrumental use value um that that's of, of course of, of course that can happen um we have they're, they're woven within the most intimate parts of our relationships to the economy and the way that our imagination has become captured in so so many endless ways is related to the sort of emotional value that can be extracted from a certain uh, from a way of life and that we're rewarded for attempting to carve out our little small world and to master it the best way that we can and that like it's only when we are like familiar with and honest about like rendering these intimate ways that we relate to the world that we can begin to at least understand it and then perhaps try and capture some of this sort of like like the the prescriptive drives that have made life go such a particular way for so many 
And that's not to like that because I don't, I don't believe that there's, I don't believe in any inescapability yeah. because through yeah, is yeah. through, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's not like, like e- even if we feel like we're on a crash course of inevitability, human agency places within inevitability, these values, you know, like it's not, you know, it's, it's not ones and zeros, but it's kind of ones and zeros, you know, I can't, it's like be it in, in, in so many elements of our realm of experience, if we're talking about subject object experience and at work, at home, in the it from from the from our passing interactions with other people to the very sort of intimate most intimate relationships is the sort of our our encodings and flows by which we our experiences are presented to us. Um, it's the, it's why I, 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 rather than trying to sort of reduce the realm of experience to something that sits on, can sit on the head of a pin or whatever, you know, something that, that, that fall that collapses into like the pinhole at the bottom of mm-hmm. the self that we can't see. Um, instead we try and capture it in an object and we, we try and cohere experience as a reflective prismatic assemblage that off of which planes of reflection present reorient potential reorientation of that same experience that feels like it sits at the very bottom of your sense of self that even when your most intimate sort of emotional feelings are disrupted by the sort of chaos and the difficulty of the world. It is through this understanding of your experiences by which you reflect and make change for yourself even. And that in the same way, I'm, I don't know what my reducible sense of self is. I do know the changes that I've made in my own life to try and like figure out what it means to be a better person and to use that to maybe perhaps like, you know, like political change or whatever, like even just like trying to figure trying to like stand strong and face, stand in the face of whatever sort of like unknown that the world presents at you and to not just stop, but then sort of like reach out and try and grab what you can and create meaning. And you can't do that when the sort of like, the 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 sense of self like the, what exists above the sense of self is this like mechanism by which all experience is captured and rendered as capitalist experience that's why capitalism is bad and like it's it's not just because of the way that it instrumentalizes and organizes human life uh by ingratiating a, a few and um exacerbating the problems of the many it's by the way that it, it is by the way that it captures and renders experience unto this very small end that means that like we like we can't it, it requires a sort of a rising up from within to even begin to imagine a, a world that could be better. And instead, we are presented with these sort of kaleidoscopic, but very flat, 
presentations of what it means to see the world in a different way that just has like ash was talking about with the psychedelia aspect it is like like that's not a like it is it it is what it is what psychedelic has become but it is not psychedelic it it is a pre, it is a presentation it is you know it's simulacrum yes yeah uh, and it's 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 you know it, it doesn't it's it's it, it, if we're, if that, like, I think that's a useful realm to talk about the idea of experience as a psychedelic experience, um, because it offers this sort of like a polar difference from like not psychedelic, you know, and like that, and that that's a that's a like exploring the realm of experience. I think is great, um, but what happens when like you can't see the forest for the trees because they cut down the forest? <laughs> 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 what do you do what do you do it's just like well this is just a field now like absolute <laughs> sicko mode there that was that was just chef's kiss um i think i, I think like so, so there's, there's there's this boss baby homogenate right like like boss baby wants to be this kind of like perfect glass sphere completely transparent almost surfaceless in in perfection right you don't. You're not meant to think of this movie. You're, it's meant to just passively move through you and leave behind little subtle changes that you'll only realize when you're 45, pretending to be a race car driver dropping off your kids. But there's there's one character in this movie that's like, it's like a little piece of granite scratching at that surface. There's there's someone in this movie who's who's like like a little like a little bit of acid just etching away at the at, at the presumed perfection. And that's Wizzy the Wizard. Ah, yes. Non non copyright infringing Gandalf. <laughs> I, I think I think this is this is super. Like the more I think about this movie, the more that Wizzy just kind of takes over my mind. But like, so Wizzy is is an alarm clock that is, as John said, it's Gandalf, but not. Um, but it's also sentient. Uh, you know, it's it's the only like living non-human object in the film, and it's never clearly established. It's, it's not like a Toy Story thing where when mom and dad come in, it pretends to be a clock again. But like, it's it's alive. It, it has will. It's neither. It's not human. It's not eternal baby. It's this other thing. And I think by by being so like like there are a lot of really obvious references in this movie. You know, like this is this is very much like Boomer Gen X late millennial callbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. The film. Um, but none of them are as obvious as Wizzy the Wizard. None of them are, are are scratching, and like Wizzy is so hostile. Like like that wizard is constantly <laughs> wishing death and curses and black magic upon everyone who even inconveniences him. Like like there's there, there's there's something frothing at the mouth about that little wizard that I think like 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 who's the only other character to 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 go to the prison realm uh, uh, when when little Billy is sent to mind prison by mom. <laughs> It's the wizard, right? Like, like it's this character that's transcending things and that's kind of like it, it, struggling with the fact that it's it's crushingly alone, right? There's no other LOTR nods in the film, at least none that I picked up on. There's no other sentient toys for it to know. It, it's dealing with with kind of in, in a way, it is the boat from logistics. It is the pure yes. embodiment of alienation. <laughs> And that makes it that makes it the most relatable. That makes it, in a sense, like a boat. It is a vehicle for us to sail out of this orbit. It's giving us the craft that we need to to you know achieve escape velocity from from the hell that is Boss Baby. 
I guess the optimism that you we, the the kernel of optimism that's hidden um, uh, it, it, in the the BBCU the Boss Baby Cinematic <laughs> Universe um, is that uh, the off off brand uh, non copyright infringing Gandalf is in the sequel and is. Bo is equally sage-like and insane. Good, which is why, yeah, exactly. It 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 it's one of there's there's it's one of the things in the movie that actually, first of all, I think it does work. Also, I think it does illustrate just how like referential the movie is. And also, just as a as a side note, there is. Oh, let me see if I can find it. I know I wrote it down. There was one funny joke. There's, I laughed one time. Uh, and, and is that moment I mean, when you were forced. sorted into babies that go to Earth to live as normal people? Uh, uh, oh, I, uh, I, I, I laughed in horror at actually a lot of stuff. I should say, but one time it was funny. It was funny when Tim. After getting uh, chastised by his parents with having a big conflict with the boss baby that uh, and, and his his crew um, that kind of spilled over and wrecked the party they were having, um, uh, after having a terse conversation with his brother, the boss baby um, jumps up on the bed next to him and pats him gently to comfort him, and very quietly and suddenly tries to hand him a big wall, <laughs> wad of cash. Yes. <laughs> it says, t- "It says t- take it," and he says, "I don't want your money." And I'm like, "Ah, that there's the funny joke. That's the funny joke in the movie. It's important to find the actually funny joke." Um, one, one, one of one of the, I mean, you did, I think you just touched on one of the things in this movie that I, I found to be like so telling when it comes to kind of like the epistemology and the ontology and kind of like the, the the hermeneutics at work in this film is that like when the only tension that appears for the boss baby is how to defeat a corporate rival you know mm-hmm. and then but because the family is a corporation that that's still the tension that's like the only thing here is someone is mooching in on on your stock portfolio or whatever and you got to muscle them. It's a school in the sequel. Oh. It's like a, a high-performing academy headed by um, uh, what's his name? Jurassic Park. A uh, velociraptor that can open doors. <laughs> Is that who heads the school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to reevaluate my takes on the franchise after watching the second movie, if that's the case. <laughs> Je- Je- Jeff Goldblum. Oh, uh, oh, 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 Jeff Goldblum is this episode just actually a two-parter. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is actually spoiler for uh, Boss Baby back in business. <laughs> um, it's the principal of a school that grown-up Tim's daughter, oldest daughter, is enrolled in, and he's actually secretly a Boss Baby in a, a an adult <laughs> a mech boss? suit. Basically, that just kind of makes him look like an adult. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling this. Like a robotic adult. Yeah, he's a secret baby. And then he tries to make a deal with the actual with Alec Baldwin, who is an adult who drinks a boss baby formula to become a baby again. So, yeah, uh, the Amy Sedaris. Is, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I feel like we're on. all just okay, losing. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that was that's that's kind of the whole. We're we're all doing this in an actual sauna, right? I'm in a hot tub. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Uh, 
literally boiling my brain. I'm, I'm actually in a big, I'm in that big vat of boss baby serum. I'm just, I'm just like, just, just soaking it <laughs> I'm up. in the, I'm in the, the <laughs> ship that Goku took to uh, Namek in training and increased gravity. Oh, we were just, we're, whatever. we're, we're just, just, just like smoking Zensu be- beans right now. Just, just trying to get optimum power. <laughs> no, no it's it's the sequel the sequel's the sequel's not good but it 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 i can say really it, that it, it, <laughs> it it no it's not uh the first one is the superior film but uh it it absolutely retains this sort of fundamental logic that you were discussing in that there are these sort of like you know like like lowercase c corporate structures um these incorporated structures if you will and that in the sequel manifests as like a high performing i would say a private school but they don't specify that it's private though she got in, a young like a nine-year-old got into a school so i guess but it's like an elite preparatory academy for high performing literally infants to uh they also have a normal a normal ray reference um in the sequel <laughs> um but uh uh it has this like a a tendency toward like pre- presenting critique of uh, uh, presenting a critique that retains sort of like the same the 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 logic the logic the logic of its sort of original structure for and to put that horribly but like like basically there is like it only it can only cohere around signs that have been like abstracted you put it on like a, like a, like just like a couple of degrees, something that just doesn't look exactly right. But like it's it's the Gandalf. It's not Gandalf. You know that it's Gandalf, but a child doesn't know that it's Gandalf. But they do recognize if they're of a certain age, they probably recognize the "you shall not yeah. pass" thing that he keeps saying. And like, so he's like wizard guy, but he also like in in, in like that. I don't know. I, I, I think there's a um I uh, I think I think I I forget what year it is. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> wait, did I did I just did I just black out? Did I just lose? I've done way too much boss baby serum. I am like yeah, I've, I've been I've been in right one now. of those uh, sensory <laughs> deprivation tanks for the last thirty six hours without sleeping. So, uh... <laughs> right, yeah, it just burst. We, we all three of us simultaneously burst from our like <laughs> matrix pods. Well, well, again, we've circled back around to kind of like slime and goo and 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 liquid, and so I think. <laughs> This it makes sense then to kind of try and talk through the. We talked a lot about the ways in which this film is concerned with the naturalization of, of of capitalism, um, and of capitalist ideology, and I think, then it makes a lot of sense to try and talk about the, the the deeply the deeply weird kind of hormonal anxieties of this film. Let let us talk about the boss baby serum. Let us talk about yes. that. 
Um, I, Ash, my dear friend, what what <laughs> arcane knowledge can you bring to bear on the situation? So, the right, broadly speaking, loves to have these very fleshly uncertainties that it uses as a vehicle to sell even worse politics. Right, like, like the, whatever, whatever the kind of uh, baddie of the day is for the right is a Trojan horse for the rest of fascism. You know, you let you let that thing in the door for whatever it's trying to disguise itself as, uh, and and all of a sudden you wake up and there's a bunch of like Gestapo dudes hanging mm-hmm. out around town. And and this this movie because of and kind of like in a very broad sense, right? Liberals kind of grease the gears towards fascism on an individual level they might be vehemently opposed to such things but it is the kind of larger class material function of these center-right parties to pave the way for further right parties because they see these further right forces as being closer to their value set than they would like sock dems and and so this takes us in into the, the so in boss baby you drink a special uh baby formula which right now the ba- baby formula shortage is kicking yep. in which is going to kill truckloads of children which i'm only sure boss right. baby corporate would love because that means there's more love in the pie chart that they can like like weasel their way into and, and so right. you you get you get this kind of like ultimate metaphor right this thing that's currently in shortage right without looking at the real material reasons behind so much of this and then you wrap it all together in, in this 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 magic hormone slurry that makes you eternally young you, you know and, and then what is that what is the parallel in this what is the other thing that's in this so so uh, uh the the bad guy mr mr puppy farm uh, uh who, who's got his puppy mill and he's grinding them out left and right because he wants to kill all the babies or something they're very coy about their intention these center right fucks like he has he has kind of like a servant right a a, a hired goon uh that that is with him all the time and this guy at one point does like a mrs doubtfire bit and and dresses up like Mm -hmm. the nanny to go to go and that chases them on (laughs) escape yeah yeah and like Everything we're saying about this film makes it sound like we're just we're just making stuff up. Just I, just throwing a dartboard, dart, darts at a dartboard with a bunch of random. I bullshit hope the two of you know it. that nope. we're going to release this episode, and literally every human alive is going to be like, "What's the boss, baby?" We're, yeah, we're we're, we're, not, we're, we're weaving a tulpa into existence right now. Like we are. Like this is the same thing that that destroyed. Like like Aleister Crowley's life, the same kind of like dark magic curses that that, that we're, we're conducting. This is, we're doing this, but it's boss baby. We we are the BBRU, and we are making a grave miscalculation. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, but you gotta do a lot of shit, you know. That like... that character <laughs> that, that character is at one point referred to as Mister Lady while doing the Mrs. Doubtfire bit. So we have baked in transphobia next to a kind of metatextual analysis of the fact that like if if you're if you're a cis man in the united states like like you, you know testosterone's literally fallen off a truck for you you know like it, it takes literally you could just go to your doctor and say i feel kind of slumpy and your doctor will be like you want some tea 
you know, like like it's showing the 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 disparities right here and and the political ideologies behind them and the material goals that they carry in, in a movie about a baby that wears a fucking suit who's trying to kill immortal puppies. Help. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. They do bring in. A, an interesting sort of like gender politic into the entirety of it, which is like it opens up enough space for like your mom and dad have the same job. Oh, and then like, or and in the sequel, there's just stay at home dad, and that's a good thing. And like, and I mean, like, there's not in like, which is what it does is it affirms the like sort of like the appeals to people's basic decency at the core of those ideas, which is just like, yeah, women can have jobs. That's a thing. And yes, a guy can stay home and be a stay at home parent. And that's, a, that can also be a thing. There's that, there's no, that the, the ethics on the surface of those ideas, um, you know, we've made, we've made some progress as a society. However, it then as, as as it's as it's known to do, it then sort of like all of that just kind of gets sucked up into this, you know, these these hyper commodified states of being that will at some point necessitate a, a sort of a handshake agreement with its with the with the more with the rigid manifestations of its more deep deeper libidinized politics. So on the surface, on the one hand, it presents. Almost like like the 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 good politics is almost a symptom. Yes, uh, you can almost see you can almost see it as a symptom. Like it's it, it's sort of weak presentation of a of a progressive view is a symptom of a deeper underlying sort of uh, ailment that is. Yeah, I mean, this is what you mean when you say like this is the most liberal film ever, right? Like there are, there are elements where you go, well, these are the kind of positives of liberal politics, right? And it, but I think you've hit upon something when you're talking about like the libidinal pleasure of this as well, right? The the characters in the boss baby uh, love it. <laughs> they they love it. They 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 love the 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 kind of like heinous ideology that they have been fully um, uh, subsumed into. Like there's this is this is the thing that's maybe the worst thing about it, which is like. Not only will all of these things be naturalized, not only will capitalism commodify your very imagination, but you'll be happy that it's done so. Yes. Just, just, just everything, just yes. Right. So we get like the, the, uh, the, the, the whole like, oh, like the stay at home dad, these like socially progressive things that this movie is evoking, right? From a left perspective, we can engage with those ideas as like, yes, of course, these are the, the, this is progress, these are good, or we can see them as concessions from power as we struggle for greater goals. You know, like like there there are a lot of ways that we can engage with those ideas, right, and enter into those spaces. That is that is fundamentally opposed to the way that this movie uses them, which is plate armor for worse shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you, you look at the surface shape of these films and it's like, oh, okay. Like it's a, it's a two income family and they're both, they they seem to have the same exact same job. So they're a total parody, you know, and like, but uh, what's under the surface of that is, is a rigid hierarchy that you're born into 
And and when, when babies can no longer boss, they are sentenced to a mortal death. You know, like like underneath the, the, the kind of glitz of the surface is this greasy, corroding system. Hey, they're both marketers. <laughs> yeah. Like they work in marketing. Yeah, of and course like, it does. Makes, of course it that does. Makes per- that makes perfect sense. They're, they're, like, because that's 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 all that's yeah. all that's left, right? That's all that's like. I mean, there there is all of the kind of Fordist productivity has been turned into these like Rube Goldberg machines. One of which traps Tim and the boss baby like a giant like mouse trap. <laughs> like, like it's like it's like kaplunk, isn't it? Like like you know the the basket falls down and traps them. But like all that's left then is like the fire economy, the like finance and the service economy, and there's like all of these abstracted things. But you'll be happy about it, right? You've not you're not really kind of productive labor doesn't seemingly exist, right? Not 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 even on a kind of interpersonal and subjective level, because uh of course we haven't even really talked about the fact that sex doesn't exist in this universe. Right, like there's a moment where they, where they, yeah. where Tim, Tim goes, <laughs> yes. Oh, my parents told me where babies come from, and it didn't sound believable. It's like sex itself doesn't exist. Babies are just hired in now. <laughs> yeah. Or this is more. It's more realistic to get an independent contractor than it is to just have have sex. That's yeah. Like the the it's it's either that like oh you couldn't I couldn't believe it and then they and you go, oh yeah that makes sense drops babies <laughs> off. like yeah oh yeah no like oh that's fine like I'm I'm I, and, I, and is know, not I'm I'm a living person aren't I, I is not this like the perfect conclusion of the, like the rentier economy mm-hmm. you you know it, not not only do we no longer participate in in the creation of our culture and our conditions we just wait for a a board of directors and a marketing company to decide what we'll like. But but now, like, you don't even really own your kid. Like, like your kid is kind of leased out to you from the boss baby company. And then pending pending a bunch of factors that, that you know, they, they might need to snap your kid back and erase your memory when they need it to, like, get back to work as a data entry clerk or something. Oh, boss, <laughs> boss, baby. Boss, like this baby. is I'm, I'm... so. Let me. I'm trying. I'm trying to look at our notes doc, and I just. It's just like it's. It's a swirling vortex of of letters and occult symbols right now. <laughs> it's about as nervous breakdown as you would expect. Let's try and bring thoughts together, and 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 I. I feel honestly. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Uh, but this this episode is already as long as the film itself. Uh, in fact, qu- longer, significantly longer. Um, longer, good. yeah, good. By our, by our powers, we conquer and so, crush so this let's, thing. So let's 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 yeah, that's right. Let's try and kind of like bring bring it bring things together. Let's what what I will what I what I wanted to kind of like say is like a final thought is like. Uh, didacticism in art is very real um which is like and i'm like this is shown to children uh, and I'm, <laughs> which is just a genuinely horrifying idea um of like this being presented as like something which has a kind of message for children in it um particularly in light of everything you've said kyle about like the sequels and the and the tv show basically even even undoing the kind of like the small glimmers of hope 
that exist in the final 20 minutes of this film. Um, and I'm like, there is, there is, there is something kind of, there is a void within this film. Like there's a kind of lack uh, in there, everything that kind of gives subjectivity sort of coherence, anything that sort of, you know, without being too reductionistly humanist about it, anything that makes us kind of what what we are um, is kind of hollowed out and extracted to be turned into the big pie chart on the wall with like different slices that will go to shareholders. Like there, it's it, it's a profoundly kind of empty uh, disturbing movie i beautiful that is that's that's so crisp i'm actually going to clip that and send that to disney as part of my pitch for us doing the definitive criterion commentary on the boss baby mm-hmm. right right i mean i think we've earned i think at this point we've earned it um I haven't gotten a phone call yet about who's doing the in the DVD box essay. <laughs> I think it should be, I think it should be a joint venture between the three of us, and that we should, in the style of um, Burroughs-esque <laughs> modernism, uh, switch all the words around, mix the paragraphs up a little bit. No, I think, uh, um, I think it's uh, well, I. I all cards out on the table. It has been one of my best long-running bits to become, uh, literally, just become an expert on the Boss Baby. Um, uh, has it been a bit? Oh, oh, absolutely. We all know I like I like being ridiculous online. Um, however, um, I have every single mo- moment um, that I've been talking about this. One of the most like strange, one of the strangest things I've ever seen um, is how profoundly descriptive and how thoroughly relevant it feels as, as, as I've learned that we should absolutely be seeking out the most absurd manifestations of culture to reverse engineer them back to seek back to to seek to look back into the the sort of like the the flashing light you know what you know when you're a kid and you're dumb as shit (laughs) (laughs) and you realize that like looking at a light a certain way will make sort of like colors like flourish or whatever and we'll we'll get there there are different ways to see things by looking at things in different ways and how you can be create. It's like when you like, I, I remember the first time that I ever saw, I, I ever put on a pair of, uh, uh, ref- what is it? Refractory sunglasses or whatever. The kinds of sunglasses that you use when you go fishing that lets you just kind of like, like by the way that it interprets reflected light allows you to kind of see moving shadows and objects underneath the surface of water. Um, really kind of like it's super cool right it's like it it, it 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 you you realize that right in front of you the thing like that you can see the things that are supposed to be hidden um and that we've in some way like looked back into the natural world and reduced it to an instrumental state by which we can achieve and see new things this is what sort of like 
this is this is what it means to sort of like fix the wrongs of our contemporary moment in this sort of hyper libidinal capitalist state is to sort of peer back into the the sort of the glaring light and try and see shapes within it you know it has this like 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 watching dumb shit like this while it is just fun to like while while marijuana exists and thus like <laughs> like it, it it can like it's it's the real serum to make to make you powerful and to what it really does is it it gives you exposure like even in like children's media like I brought up I very briefly brought up the emoji movie earlier but I did watch the emoji movie that's a that's a piece of dog shit <laughs> but like it's it was like they literally like the, it, it's it's about emoji that go through a kid's phone on the kind of like a search and rescue mission but they literally go through it's owned by like Sony Music Sony produced the movie and so all like the Sony Music Group apps and Sony Music Group signed artists and Spotify and all of these like like Shazam and stuff all of this like you can see the the vertical the vert- vertically integrated contemporary corporation is just that movie so you watch it and you go oh i like you you can come away with that movie knowing like all like if you know who made that movie you know what apps they own you know what artists are signed to their record label like a lot of adam levine christina aguilera was in that movie guess where like you know like <laughs> like it, it is like that movie is even also even like even more sort of like cynical and poorly made it, it attempts to put zero like it it, it it attempts to like purely reduce people's experiences or the ex- the experience to literally become elements of some like machine just like a, like an image in your phone and it like it's not we we've we we have a lot of symbols of culture that i think are useful at demonstrating the rationality of that culture but in in most instances like the culture itself is seeking to obscure like the the you know the 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 they're they're seeking to sort of obscure that in slightly more sophisticated ways i mean but what we really should be doing is watching transformers <laughs> like the transformers movies were like incredibly illustrative of that contemporary moment that from everything to post 911 anxiety to like sort of new corporate syncretism to hyper individuation and gigification of economic modes of production and thus rudimentary and instrumental states of being like subjectivity gets reduced to like like look at the object look at the object look at the object and again you become baby so you have to like what what's most interesting about like in order to know like what like how to how to make the world better we have to know why we're fucked and be, to be completely honest the best way to do that is to wa- go watch the now go watch the tree of life <laughs> think about what did you do it? <laughs> okay now that you watch the tree of life really think about what this sort of like that is a movie that was 
constructed that was constructed in the edit room like 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 this sort of is it was a scriptless film that was sort of that came from an idea from Terrence Malick and then was produced in this spontaneous sort of like acts of like dramatic improvisation and then it was wedded together to essentially pose questions toward the viewer via an it's like abstract playscape if i could be really annoying about it so that's why in that movie there's dinosaurs in that movie but it's all <laughs> it really it's a movie about a child dying and what that how like what it means to when people encounter death and how in the sort of like in the logic of that view and in uh, in the logic of that film and in the views of its creator how death constantly surrounds us and how we're always embroiled in the process of life and death and how and this is the most important part for malik how all of that is you can naturalize all of it and we can get a sense by which being comes into existence and then we can analyze that sense of being on this sort of plane between life and death and how transcendence beyond that we've already attempted this in a metaphysical sense and what how can you attempt to transcend this when you can reduce everything to the realm of experience that's a little that's a very vulgar way of putting all of that i recognize that as a podcast but like (laughs) at the same time like grappling with this in our contemporary sense means on the one hand in trying to encounter this more naturalized sense of being that often the reason why it spins off into reactionary stuff is because it attempts to sort of like like fix on this way of living that's I mean, easy for people to grab onto, which is, you know, which is to, to recline, to attempt to reclaim. But what, like the problem is that that's, that's a, that's a flattened out reconstruction of a reclamation that the contemporary yeoman farmer. And the, I think like, I can't remember who said it. I think it actually may have been Matt Christman in the Trap House put it this way. You can he he said you, he said he was right and he was right. He said you you can you you can become a yeoman farmer. They were describing Curtis Yarvin. You can become a yeoman, yeoman farmer, but the trick <laughs> it is it's in VR. <laughs> like you can <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's exact that's exactly it. Everyone will get their fantasies realized and it will all be in the metaverse. And like isn't that like you can have everything that you want and besides the time to win whatever, you know, techno futuristic hell like mega corporation is literally harvesting our body for resources all the rest of the time. I in, in the metaverse, I'm like, uh, man, I have a really good softball batting average and like I'm super ripped again and like my back doesn't hurt and like I have all of the sort of essential desires all developed within this fundamental logic of capitalist realism i have all of this stuff that i could ever want um and when what it all is is this this uh a strangulation on our imagination either way you look at it either in this in the liberal techno hell where you do like land acknowledgments on your way to your job at amazon or conversely in the like when you're you're a yeoman farmer in the metaverse everyone gets kind of gets what they want but nothing actually meaningfully changes and in fact it all becomes more essential essentialized and more like neurotically developed and freedom disappears um 
And uh, yeah, so that's why. Okay, so <laughs> the first thing you do is you watch the Boss Baby. Just the first one. The second one, if you want to watch it, you can you can like clip through it or whatever. And then like watch the trailer for the Netflix series. Don't actually watch the Netflix series. One of these days, they're going to make a Boss Baby video <laughs> game, and then I'm going to be institutionalized. Uh, <laughs> but then after that, then you go, you watch the Tree of Life. Um, and then just kind of reflect on that for like a week or so, and then read. I'll send. Uh, I'll in the show notes. There'll be several sections from Being in Time that you should. Uh, I'm joking. The his the historic the historical sections. This is this is the labor Kyle. This is the labor Kyle way. And then watch the Bosch <laughs> baby again. <laughs> yeah, this is just what, it's what you do. I don't know any other way of living. You know, talk about ontology. Put a rim shot. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was, that was poetry. God, that was, that was wow. the, the booklet that comes with the Boss Baby Criterion uh, For release. more incisive commentary on the Boss Baby and the Boss Baby Expanded Universe, um, we can heartily recommend, uh, I think, the, the only podcast which has devoted serious time to the Boss Baby, which is All Gamers Are Bastards, um, the only podcast about the Boss Baby right. and about video games. Um, if you if you like um, the video game, uh, it's it's good. It's an it's an incredible podcast uh, hosted by <laughs> Kay and Kyle. Um, we 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 love the show. Again, please check out all of Kyle's links, which will be in the show notes. Um, Ash, have I missed anything? Um, just that our listeners can uh, give give Kyle the money needed to continue uh, funding the Boss Baby Research Unit at uh, patreon.com slash laborkyle. <laughs> and follow Kyle on Twitter. And, and I want everyone, everyone who listens to this, you have, you have a sacred horror vanguard um, crypt... Command, command? No, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. It's, it's a spooky thing that I need everyone to do. Go go to Labor Kyle's YouTube channel and watch the best video on Elden Ring yes. three times. Yeah, absolutely, to get those numbers up because it is the best and only video so far made on Elden Ring, and I don't know why people aren't watching it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing that no one has decided. We'll, has again, it. we'll put that one. We'll put that one. It's a shock well, to me. Well, to be honest, per, per, we we are. <laughs> it's actually it's related. It relates to so, really a decent it's, amount to what we it's, it's required today. reading for the episode. Yeah. But we are <laughs> So when the Elden Ring fractured and the babies <laughs> fell out of Elden Ring Heaven and became the omen. Uh, but we are we are we are now back. We have returned. Oh yeah. To, yeah, okay. We've returned to haunting the podcasting crypt. What a way, what a way to return. I thought you were about to say that we have returned for two hours of talking about the, how Elden the, Ring the, and Boss it's Baby It's the same overlap. shared universe. Um, mm. um, but, <laughs> yeah. George R.R. Right. R. Martin's Part two. Boss uh, Baby. The, the, the Boss Baby video game will be made by From <laughs> <Yeah>. Software. <laughs> <laughs> if this if this were an episode of Agab, it would be called... Uh, the subtitle would be George R.R. R. Martin's Presents the Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it is it does it does have Soulsborne difficulty for a movie I would say. Mm, yeah, that's you gotta, true. You got you to respect its patterns. You got to study it, and then you can kind of move through. You really got to put in the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you really got to put in the yeah, work. It's, it's like... Get Boss Baby colon get good. It rewards. <laughs> it rewards dedication. <laughs> boss Baby. Just got to learn to parry. If you parry Absolutely. the baby, you can just Absolutely. breeze on through. 
we should stop there. We should. What a way to oh, return from well. hiatus, from our brief holiday. What a way to come back. Uh, talking about the boss baby, uh, so Kyle. You can never atone for your sin uh, for having brought this into the world. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, thank you uh, for. Uh, uh, joining us for this descent into the eldritch horrors of the boss baby and we'll see you next time bye good boss baby there bye everyone that. good boss baby bye we hope you've enjoyed the dread discourse until next week stay spooky